the team is all back together again on this edition of the Seacoast Sports Forum. Sherm Chester with you today, and uh, we're in studio. I'm in studio with the coach, Bill Taylor. Welcome back, sir. Long time no see in person. Thank you. It's great to be back in the studio. And, and we're Zooming with our compatriot. Yes. Mr. Bruno is on Zoom with us. Sam, how are you doing today? Just fine, just fine. Coach, Sherm, everything going well. Uh, you know, still a little bleary-eyed from these late-night ball games. You know, it's just, you know, it's let's, just, let's... Uh, you just, you just, you just go to bed and you can't get to sleep because you're still thinking about what happened. Uh, I, let's let's address the elephant in the room. Uh, you brought it up, Coach. You want us to kick it off, and then we'll go to Sam. Well, first, I would like to say, and I think Sam would agree with me. And I think you would agree with me. The games are too long. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you know, the other night, we were in the, it was in the second inning, and they had played ball for two hours. I mean, something's got to be done somehow, some way. Because, and I'm a Red Sox fan, I'm a baseball fan. But boy, I can't see night after night spending four plus hours watching the game. It's just, it's too long. Yeah. You know, I mean, to watch somebody foul the ball off five times and then strike out on a 3-2 count, and step out of the batter's box every single time. <laughs> and, you know, and readjust their batting gloves. No. It's just, I'm going to make a point, and I don't know if you two agree with me or not, but I don't think any sports team right now should hire anyone who has not been fully vaccinated. Well, it's going to be an issue. Becoming an issue. Forgetting the issue, uh, Kyrie Irving. There's a point in tow. He's got a uh, what, a hundred and some odd million dollars sitting on the table, and he doesn't want to. Get yeah, I applaud the Nets for saying oh, no. I agree. I agree. I think from a PR standpoint, the union would be would be very well served to uh, get all their members on board to get vaccinated. Football coach at Washington State. He get he get let go because of that same right. issue. Right. And you know, it's it's his right to say no. And, and he held the ground and, he, and they said, fine, you know, we're going to terminate you because of it. And I mean, it'll probably get into the courts at some point. I think a lot of these things are going to wind up in the courts and some of them already been thrown out. But point is, where, where do you draw the line? Mm. And, and, and there is a product you have to put on the field or court, whatever, a rink, <laughs> whatever. And it has to, you know, you have to protect your players, the ones that want to be out there. The, the key is, is reliable. If you are a coach and you have players, you want to be able to rely on them. You understand that injuries are part of the game, but because of someone's refusal to get a vaccination, that could look at what it did to the Red Sox during the right. year. Right. right. You know, right. Uh, I just think that's very selfish of the individual. And yes, it's their decision. But it's also our decision to watch them <laughs> right, right. and support them. And I just, that's my, my opinion. I, I just don't get it. I don't either. I don't either. I don't understand it. I mean, you know, when we grew up in the generation that had uh, 
polio and, and uh, different diseases that we had to be vaccinated right. for. And you, right, and you know, I guess my question would be to the people who are not vaccinated, Chris Sale is one, mm-hmm. did you get a polio shot? Did you get a me? you know, when you were a kid, did you get the mumps and the measles and all this stuff? If you've been vaccinated against them, which I would bet most of them, all of them have, why not the virus? I, I, I guess I can't get, especially with Chris Sale, who, who, who is a, uh, a vowed junk food addict, okay? Uh, where he's putting, he's putting you know, cheeseburgers and French fries in his body all the time, but he won't put a vaccine. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm not quite sure where that, where that goes, but uh, we'll see. A Houston Atlanta World Series. Oh my goodness. In the National League, my team really is the Phillies. If the Red Sox can't win the World Series, I'd love to see Atlanta win. All right. Well, I'll, I'll agree with you. I'll, I'll go with that. Houston uh, has had their time in the sun and mm-hmm. Atlanta. I, I go back to those thrilling days of yesteryear, though, when you had Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz. Well, I wanted to ask you guys a question. I thought we were talking about vaccinations. I thought Smoltz was knocked out of the booth because he wouldn't get the vaccination. Did he change his mind or what's the deal there? Don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. He, supposedly he, he was persona non grata and- uh, I don't know. And then all of a sudden he's in the booth so he must have changed his mind. Okay, well, let's change gears. Anything on the Patriots you want to throw around, Coach? You know, I think they're getting better. I think Jones is getting better and better and better and better. I'm a Mac Jones fan. I think they made the right decision taking that, taking him all over all the other rookie quarterbacks. Sam? Well, I, I, I think, Coach, I think I agree with you. I think the second half is going to be better than the first half for the Patriots. Um, I think on the offensive side with uh, Mac Jones and Harris and the receivers, I think they're going to be fine. Now, on defense, I think we can't underestimate the loss of Gilmore in the secondary. I think that was a big, big loss. Um, and they're one or two guys down in the se- secondary. They really can't stop anybody, as you saw in the Dallas game, although Dallas looks very good, but they couldn't get a stop. Uh, it's not the defense that we're used to with the Patriots. So uh, I think whatever Belichick and his staff can do to shore up that defense with maybe trades or bringing in some new guys, at mid-year, uh, they have to do something, uh, or I can't. I don't think you can rely on Mac Jones and the offense to score 30 plus every week. To your point, Coach, you know the kid has got—he's got the essentials. He can read the field. He's not a uh, guy that likes to dance. He—he's he, been told what to do, and he tries to execute. He doesn't get in happy feet, so I'm impressed. Trying to compare him to Tom Brady. Right. I mean, that's, that's, come on, you know, and, and he held his own against Brady. I mean, this is what was impressive to me. I, I didn't anticipate we'd win, you know, against either Dallas or Tampa, but hey, he, he gave us a game and that's all you really want. And I think more so than if uh, Cam Newton had been running the show. You know? Yes, I'm glad that the Cam Newton era is over. Yeah. It is the beginning of the, uh, the NHL and uh, NBA seasons. Any early season talk about those teams or your feelings? I think with the Celtics, we need to take a look at the new coach, uh, see what uh, kind of offense and defense he's going to run, um, to see if he's a motivator, to see if the team, the, the, the players want to want to play for him. The thing with me with the NBA is I just think the first 
three months of the season and just exhibition. I think they're just going up and throwing up a lot of points right now. I think uh, November, December, and January, I just ho-hum. Uh, I, I really don't turn the page to the standings in the NBA until February. So uh, uh, call me on Groundhog Day and I'll let you know how I feel. <laughs> and if Sam sees his shadow, does that mean that the Celtics will make the playoffs? The Celtics will make the playoffs. Yeah, that's it. I love it. I love it. What about you, Coach? The Bruins, and I'm a big Jeremy. I like Jeremy Swayman and Nett. Found out that every game he's not going to be able to, you know, allow one goal or less. The Bruins need to have somebody like a Kevin Miller who was a big, strong guy, and they couldn't push people around with him out there. They don't have anybody like that to me right now. I think whether you like it or not, we're not talking about goon hockey, but we're talking about having a, a tough player that people want to don't want to get involved in battles. An enforcer. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what they need. Yeah. Right now, I don't think they have it. I want to get your take. I haven't talked to you in a while about NASCAR. We're getting down to the nitty gritty. Well, we are. And uh, yeah, I, I think a couple of things. I found it very interesting. I think you're seeing, you're going to see some grudges that have popped up in the playoffs. Harvick and Elliott, let me tell you, if you don't think Harvick ran Elliott and caused him to spin out, you're not watching the same race I was. Because right. he hit him on purpose. And, uh, you know, Elliott wanted to get back at him. Cooler head prevailed. But will something happen with those two guys again? Yes. <laughs> Hamlin and whoever, it doesn't matter with Hamlin, same thing. Uh, right now, the class of, the, uh, of NASCAR is Kyle Larson. You know, he's solidly in. He's, he's into the final four. Uh, your but man Blaney. Blaney. Blaney is in second right now, yeah. and he's got a good shot. And he's really the best car right now in Team Penske. Uh, Keselowski's leaving after this year, and Logano hasn't had the car like he has in the past. And you've got to remember, all these guys can drive. Oh, yeah. Even number 32 in the standings, or whoever that is. But it's all, you know, is there, what's their program like? Do they have the car? And right now, Hendrick Motorsports with uh, Larson, they've got the car. But you're rooting for Blaney. Come on now. Oh, I am. <laughs> I'm I still a Harvard guy, but he's not going to be in the final, final chase. So Yeah, I, see, I'm not, yeah. Harvick kind of slipped down in my estimation there when he ran yeah. Elliott. I like Chase Elliott. I think he's a good driver. I think he's good for the sport. But so yeah, it's interesting. Martinsville's going to be crazed. Then they wrap up in Phoenix. So you're still putting your money on? 
I still Blaney. myself Blaney. All right, I'm a Blaney All man. All right. All right, Sam. I want you to fill us in. Well, let's let's start off with the UNH Wildcats this weekend against the Richmond Spiders. They then go to Rhode Island to take on the Rams, and then they play for the basket uh, back at Cowell Stadium on November 20th against Maine. Uh, UNH is still on the fringes of the playoff picture right now, but uh, they'd have to go three and one, I think, in the last four games uh, to really be considered uh, for a potential playoff playoff spot you know the roadie rams they're a team if you notice they they're ranked in the top 25 and uri has not had a good well their athletic program with the exception of basketball has kind of been down and for Rhode and there was a lot of talk whether or not rhode island would continue playing football and to see them, that's quite a bounce back for them. So Rhode Island is not the typical Rhode Island of the past where you could throw the helmet out there and you knew you were going to win by two or three touchdowns. UNH Soccer and Jake Gould, uh, they're, they're ranked fifth in the nation, I believe, right now. So they're getting ready for their playoffs. Uh, they suffered a tough loss last year when they went to Kentucky and lost in the first round, but they're getting ready again. Uh, Again, Jake being able to play another year because of COVID uh, eligibility rules. So uh, let's let's root on the UNH uh, men's oh, soccer team. They, they, sure. they move on. For sure, for sure. And you know what a lot of people might not remember is Jake Gould played, f also kicked for the Exeter yes. Blue Hawks. And heck of an athlete, heck of an athlete. Well, let's go to the Blue Hawk football team. Your take, uh, you've been doing the broadcast now, and uh, your take on the team and, and where we stand. I mean, we're at a crucial point now. Well, we've been at a crucial point for a while. Exeter has their fate in their own hands, and that's what you want as a coach. What, what about your take, Sam? What, what are you seeing here? Exeter's defense is going, they're going to live and die on their defense. Um, fingers crossed, one more shot at Winnicott would be great. Hmm. Good thoughts. One one point I was going to ask you about, Coach, and, and I don't, to my knowledge, I don't think Bill Ball has ever done it with the Blue Hawks, uh, and it goes back to that UNH game with Dartmouth. Uh, I know he runs multiple backs. What about multiple quarterbacks, situational quarterbacks? Has he ever tried that, or do you think it would work if he did? Uh, has he ever tried it? I don't remember. Not truthful. in my memory banks, yeah. no. I mean, people have come out because somebody's been hurt or right. whatever for a blow or whatever. But I, I just wonder if, if, especially if you don't have a dominant quarterback, and, and it's no knock on either of the guys that are there now, I'm just saying that it kind of also confuses the defense. You have to react fast because under the, whatever the certain condition is, down and distance, you know, you, you saw the sw switch, and, and the defense has to react fast. I don't think the Exeter offense is geared to pass. Mm -hmm. So so that would be the answer. Your, yeah. your guy that's under center, he's going to be a, a hand I think the, the big thing is, is you need a quarterback in the Exeter offense that is a running threat, right. a threat on the perimeter, outside. 
Now, the NHIA uh, playoffs are starting for uh, field they, hockey, yeah. right, Sam? So give us a rundown of what we can expect. Uh, let's start off with uh, the field hockey team. Uh, Deb Grotz's team uh, was seeded number one in the state. They get a little bit of a break, I think, in the brackets because the second seed, Bedford, which they tied with at 15-1, and one, is in the lower bracket. But Wyndham, who beat the Blue Hawks in their only loss, uh, is also in that bracket. So uh, they will not see Bedford or Wyndham until the finals if they get that far. And we should mention that the Division I field hockey finals this year will be at Vol Stadium uh, on November 7th. Uh, so uh, everything is lining, lining up for the field hockey team quite nicely. The soccer finals are going to be on November 7th. If you haven't seen this field hockey team, they're tremendous. Uh, unbelievable. I mean, the enthusiasm, uh, the teamwork, uh, the hustle uh, is all there. Um, and if you've never seen a high school field hockey game, uh, come over to Ball Stadium for the quarterfinals and hopefully the semifinals and see one of those. Uh, it's a great team. They're a great team. Um, over on the girls' soccer side, uh, Megan Young's club uh, is – uh, going to have to play a prelim game because they're going to be in the seventh, eighth position. Uh, they are at 10, three and two with one game to go. So they're going to have to work their way up to see if they can get back to a championship game. Uh, the top team this year in girls soccer division one is Girton at 14, one and one. And I did say again, this year, Ball Stadium is going to host the division one girls soccer final the Division II girls soccer final, and the Unified soccer final, all on November 7th, which is a Sunday. So there'll be plenty of soccer going on that day. Uh, boys soccer, uh, top team in boys soccer, Division I is Nashua South at 14-0-1. Unified soccer, got a chance to watch the Unified soccer team a couple of times uh, this year so far. Uh, Exeter 5-0, Unified soccer. And so uh, they're going to be getting ready for their playoffs again, with a potential final being at Ball Stadium. And Sherm, I know you did a lot of work with uh, the Exeter golf team. Golf team came in second, uh, losing to Bedford in the championship this year. They, uh, they came in a close second, and, and they, uh, mm. Beetle Bailey has a, had a lot of good players there this year, and uh, good luck to uh, mm. like uh, Will Ducharme for instance uh, i can see this kid going to college and then being a, a factor for some college team and like i said in a previous show you know these kids are the future you can see they've got the the talent and the focus uh, so congratulations to all all the teams yes they, congratulations to all the athletes at exeter high yeah. uh you know if you've never seen and i know sam agrees if you've never seen a field hockey game played on turf you owe it to yourself to see one because that game is fast. The, the skill work and the conditioning of the athletes is tremendous. I mean, it's just, it might be the fastest game on turf. I mean, it, the ball just flies. Did you officiate? Do you officiate? I have officiated at the lower levels on turf before I've done some games at Ball Stadium uh, for the freshmen or the third team or whatever they're called now, the blue, white, 
that level. And holy mackerel, <laughs> is that a workout? Even at that level. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, and, I, you know, I've seen the upper levels play there, and it, it's just. And Coach Grott, keeping my fingers crossed, I'd love to see her get a, a state championship. Just an outstanding person. Coach Megan Young, another outstanding person. Uh, her brother, uh, Coach Curran, out, they're just outstanding individuals. And uh, as is uh, Coach Simmons, who's a former Blue Hawk. Uh, just great, great people. And of course, you can't say enough of the leadership of Coach Ball, the athletic director and the football coach. Just great people who know how to uh, get athletes to perform at their best. Sam, do you want to kick off the two-minute drill? Yeah, I think uh, I think I I I I want to just talk a little bit more about the Red Sox because I, I, I only have to, this is probably going to be the last show. <laughs> That I get a chance to talk about the Red Sox. Um, I, I think as a whole, this season has been just so frustrating. Uh, the ups and downs have been tremendous. Uh, I think Alex Cora coming back was a, a wise move. Um, I think the emergence of Rafael Devers as a superstar, I think is really encouraging for the future. Not quite sure what's going to happen with J.D. Martinez. He does have another opt-out. Uh, he may go. Um, not quite sure about that. That may depend on whether the D.H. is going to be allowed in the National League next year. Um, the pitching staff for the Red Sox, I think, needs a big overhaul. I think they need to go into the free agent market and go get another pitch, go get another pitcher, another starting pitcher or go out and get an elite reliever because we know Matt Barnes is probably done right now. Uh, so my, my feelings for the Red Sox right now, I'd like to be really optimistic for them, but I'm not quite sure. I think uh, this is going to be a very interesting offseason for the Red Sox, and they're going to need some help. Coach. Well, you know, my two-minute drill is going to be baseball also. And what I'm going to say is it's time for Major League Baseball to have a common rule. Pitchers pitch. Pitchers shouldn't bat. Let's have the, a DH in both leagues. It's really foolish to pay, play X amount of games under one set of rules and X amount of games on a different set of rules. And when you, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. What other sport do you know makes up rules on the fly? You know, they have different rules depending on which stadium you're playing in. Uh, so that's my thing. I think it's time for the DH to happen in both leagues. I think it will. I really do. I think the, even the National League, the purists are saying, like, you know, you got a lot of players now that are big money players, like a Mookie Betts somewhere down the line. He won't be able to play the outfield or, or first base or wherever they'll stick him. But he could bat, so you're right. I think I'm going that way. So during the holiday, the Columbus Day holiday, we took a road trip to Ohio. So that was a, a pleasurable experience to uh, get out on the road and uh, see the sights. I, I love I love to drive through New York State. It's just that 
farm country up in the northern area on the New York Thruway. Uh, and then it was getting back to old stomping grounds in Ohio. That, that was fun too. And it, it, the best part though was seeing the grandkids and uh, soccer. We, in one day we did soccer, volleyball, football, and cheerleading. <laughs> <laughs> so it was an action-packed trip. And, and so, you know, I was glad to see that everybody's doing well out there and, uh, and, and it just brought back those thrilling days of yesteryear of mom and dad juggling kids and schedules when it comes to sports <laughs> and, and surviving. <laughs> so that's my two-minute drill. Coach, good to see you. Sam, zooming in today. So on behalf of the coach and Sam, this is Sherm Chester, inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seaco Sports Forum. Be sure to subscribe to Exeter TV on YouTube and hit the bell to get notified about new episodes of the Seaco Sports Forum and other local content. Follow the Sports Forum team behind the scenes on our Facebook and Twitter pages and send us your game footage and photos to our email. That's secosportsforum.extv at gmail.com. This is Sherm Chester inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seco Sports Forum.